I really have lived this last 11 years or so trying to live my life in flow, meaning go along with where I feel like the Holy Spirit is guiding me. I'm committed to the vision that God has put on my life. I'm not attached to how I get there. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast with Darnielle Jervy Harmon, the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth strategist, Darnielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, Let's get this party started. If this is your first time joining me, there's just a few things I wanna make sure that you know. Number one, I am not new to this, I am true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And no, in case you were wondering, you do not have to choose. You can love God and make both loads of money. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure CEOs. Oh, and we don't do hustle and grind, we do spirituality and systems. You might be wondering exactly what the incredible factor is. And if that's you, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode. I even give you a really powerful worksheet that you can download so that you can find yours because it is the key to beginning to leverage and scale your business. And I am tickle purple that you are listening in today. This episode is powered by the Grow Your Business Toolkit. If you are a service-based entrepreneur who is stuck at or on target for six figures and you are ready to blow the seven-figure mark out of the water, then you need to get your hands on the Grow Your Business Toolkit. Learn more and grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. I have such an amazing treat for you today. Let me just first thank you, and you're gonna thank me that you are listening in today because I have the privilege and the pleasure to share such a powerful conversation with you. When I was having this conversation with today's guest, I knew, I already knew that this was gonna be an episode that people would listen back to over and over and over, and I just listened to it two times in a row just bless my socks off. And I know that you are going to get your whole life from listening into my conversation with Patrice Washington. Now, Patrice is not a stranger to many. She is just such a phenomenal woman, transformationalist. The way she lives her life is just so awe-inspiring. And our conversation was literally like two girlfriends sitting down with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee on a big comfy couch, just just sharing time and space together. I have never been more fulfilled and inspired following a conversation with anyone. So I'm excited to allow you into what Patrice and I talked about. I'm calling this episode, Obedience is the New Surrender, because we talk a lot about both, about obedience, about surrender, and the journey and the pathway that Patrice took to get there, the journey and the pathway that I'm on as a result of focusing on surrender and being in obedience and the plethora of abundance that have sprung forth as a result of that. Let me take a quick moment and read Patrice's formal bio. Patrice Washington is an award-winning author, transformational speaker, hope-restoring coach, and media personality. Patrice got her start as your favorite personal finance expert, America's Money Wayden, having tremendous success with her mindset approach to personal finance. She has since expanded her brand and mission, encouraging women to chase purpose, not money. Patrice is committed to redefining the term wealth using its original meaning, well-being. She encourages women to have wealth in all aspects of their lives by pursuing their purpose, being fulfilled, and earning more without ever chasing money. Through her teachings, Patrice empowers women to look at life through the lens of abundance and opportunity instead of lack and scarcity. As the founder of Redefining Wealth and the Earn More Money Movement for Women, Patrice has built a thriving community of high-achieving women committed to creating a powerful life vision in their careers, home, health, and personal finance. Okay. 
every single second of this interview, you are going to want to savor it. So I already know that you are going to listen to this episode over and over and over again. There actually wasn't a moment that wasn't juicy good. You know how when I do the show notes, I try to pull out some of the best quotes from the episode. Listen, the whole episode was the most powerful quote of the episode. It was that juicy good. Grab pen, grab paper, say a quick prayer to open your heart and mind to what God is speaking to you in this moment. And let's jump into my conversation with Patrice Washington. Patrice Washington. Oh girl, I am so excited that you are here on the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast. I am super excited to be here. Oh it's good. God. I'm. I mean, first of all, that prayer and honey. <laughs> what you needed to hear was that prayer that Darnielle just took us through, just to get to this moment. That I just felt a little something in my spirit, oh my so I know I'm, this is going to be good. I'm still reverberating. Mm-hmm. I um. I like literally just decided. I was talking to some clients earlier. And I just, I created this cheat sheet of 40 business scriptures. It's one of our things that we give away. We're running Facebook ads on it. And it is downloaded a hundred times every week. Mm. Crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh, I'm going to turn these 40 scriptures into a devotional. And then when I was talking to my clients, I said, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know how the devotional has a little story and then it has a scripture and then it has a prayer. So I'm going to write a prayer and then I'm going to give them the option to go listen to me pray that prayer. Oh, that's powerful. Isn't that going to be good? Oh. That's good. I mean, it, it. I know that it'll create 10 times what it just created for me. That prayer was powerful. Yeah. It's, it is so amazing now that I have stepped fully in like when I was on your podcast and we talked about how I had just figured out who I really am and how I just have stepped fully in the way God is just showing up Mm. for me through me it's just it's amazing it's so juicy amazing and good you know it feels because I feel it Mm -hmm. I don't just see it it feels so good to be in connection, in conversation with, in alignment with someone who's that clear. Mm. Your clarity is inspiring. Like seeing someone walk into that. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, it's another example. For me, it's like, you know, if he did it for Darnielle, he could do it for me. He could do it for Samantha and James and whoever else is listening, right? Like we are all, it's available to all of us once we surrender. Yeah. And that's it. It's surrender. Like I think about the episode on your podcast. Okay. So let me just bring all of you guys that are listening in. Okay. So I have known of Patrice probably for about seven or eight years and we know the same people. Mm-hmm. And I've never been the girl that's like, I'm gonna get my girl to hook me up with an introduction. Right. And, and I was like, Nope, God is going to create a way when it is time for us to connect we going to connect. But I have always felt like you were my sister from another mister. Like if I could have <laughs> been Belizean, like we would have been in the same house. Like seriously, right? And so I have listened to her podcast. I mean, just everything I could get my hands on, I have consumed from afar. Like just knowing that one day God will work it out. Like she was on my vision board, guys. Like that's how real this connection was for me. And we got our entry. The door opened last year because of a facebook post yes because of a facebook post and i was like bet i'm in there i got you girl (laughs) (laughs) and it has been like such an amazing thing and the surrender that you just talked about is it's what happens i believe that surrender is when you fully surrender you are inviting yourself to see the magnificence of god because it's what he's wanted for you all along and I wanted to point that out before we, cause I need you to tell people who you are. Cause I'm just making an assumption that everybody does know who you are, but I know there's like one person in the world that doesn't. Oh my gosh. Billions that don't, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but it's just that the surrenders everything. And I know that that has been a big part of your journey. I know this year, you know, why don't you tell everybody who you are and then tell everybody what 2020 is for Patrice. Oh, Okay. So my name, again, is Patrice Washington. Uh, For years, I was known in media as America's Money Maven, but now I don't feel that I have to carry that 
moniker. I am Patrice Washington. Um, flawed and all, I'm God's girl. And I live every day with the purpose of helping this generation redefine the term wealth. So I was known, yes, as a money expert, but what I did know to be true was that no matter what I could tell people about budgets or credit reports or investing, that if I didn't help them change their behavior and their mindset, they would just never get the results that they were looking for. But I had to make a connection. And that connection was that wealth is really about well-being. It's the original definition of wealth. That's just not what we're told. And so um, my life's mission is to really just help people see how all of these areas of their lives, I call it the six pillars, actually impact their finances without them knowing. They think it's, oh, that's just my mama, or this is just how I am, or, you know, they don't understand that all of these things connect. And when you talk about surrender, you know, I can say, honestly, when I was a little girl, people would say, what do you want to be? I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because my dad was an entrepreneur by the time I met him. <laughs> His second uh, career was being an entrepreneur. So I knew that. I didn't know doing what. And you know, long story short, I got involved in real estate really young at 19 years old, became a real estate and mortgage broker at 21, started this successful business, seven figures by 25, and then found myself at 26 and a half on bed rest in the hospital um, for 10 weeks because I'd taken a fall down the stairs, which sent me into premature labor. And at 20 weeks pregnant, I get to the emergency room and they say, I'm sorry, ma'am, this baby's coming any minute now and talk about a moment to surrender. I did the only thing I knew to do, which was pray. Mm -hmm. I started praying. I called a few people and asked them to pray. The baby didn't come any minute. Uh, they ended up admitting me. I was in the hospital for several weeks, and that was in another very, the beginning, the genesis of a very uncertain time, similar to how we're feeling today. Yeah. That was at the height, or the beginning, excuse me, of the Great Recession. And so we knew something was coming, and we knew it was like, mm, but just like when we started to shelter in place, it was like two weeks, mm -hmm. two weeks, two right. weeks. And now, you know, it's been months type of thing. Well, back then it was like, well, the loan programs are changing and we're going to do this. And we're going to do that before you know it. I'm in the hospital on bed rest and no deals are closing. And my 16 loan officers and real estate agents are freaking out. They're calling me every day. I'm watching the news. The banks are closing down. It went from we're going to change the program to completely closing down. Wow. And I wore a belt that monitored the baby 24-7. I remember my doctor coming in. I had been there about five weeks. And she said, Patrice, I don't know what you're stressing about, but I know you're stressing the baby out. And if you don't stop, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby. Oh. The year before, I lost my son after five hours. to free. He was also born early. Mm -hmm. And he only lived for five hours, same doctor, same hospital, same floor. Wow. And you talk about knowing in that, in that moment in my spirit, you have to surrender. Mm -hmm. I surrendered. I was like, well, I can't do anything for anyone else out there. There's nothing I could fix for these, you know, loan officers and real estate agents. There's nothing I can do for my tenants. There's nothing I can do for anyone. I, I have to touch the button to get help to go to the bathroom. So I definitely can't help you. Right. And I think that was one of the first times in my life that I understood what surrendering meant for me because it wasn't, it was not giving up, but it was letting go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't giving up, but it was letting go because I felt, you know, God, I don't know what's going to happen when I come out of here. All I know right now is that I need to bring this baby into the world healthy and safe and strong. So if that means taking the TV off the wall, yeah, maintenance people came and took the TV off the wall. Mm -hmm. That means trading in my laptop for an iPod with praise and worship music. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. My husband came, took the laptop, gave me an iPod, a Bible and a journal. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to pray and praise and faith my way through this thing. Another five weeks go by. My daughter's born at 30 weeks, mm -hmm. healthy, uh, but she stays in the NICU for three and a half weeks. And I leave there after all that time, several months with Cedar sinai being my, uh, my residence. Mm -hmm. Um, with this healthy, beautiful baby and also a healthy amount of medical debt, almost $400,000. Wow. No deals closed. My husband exhausting the savings, keeping everything afloat, tenants not paying rent. And a long story short, we went from this seven-figure business and what we thought was this great life to literally scraping up change a year and some change later. 
Um, but every step of the way, I can honestly say that when I felt, I guess I would say resistance or when I felt those nagging, the doubts, the different things that come up, that surrender has been like a constant companion for me. That idea that, you know what, if I believe that all things do work together for the good of those who love the Lord, then I'm not exempt from that. That's my promise. And so I don't have to force and manipulate. And, you know, you know that like, oh, I got to make it happen. I don't have that. And I think sometimes people think you have to have that in order to be successful. Mm. I really have lived this last 11 years or so trying to live my life in flow, meaning go along with where I feel like the Holy Spirit is guiding me. I'm committed to the vision that God has put on my life. I'm not attached to how I get there. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that every step of the way, mm-hmm. I will okay. be. I, I, I've been trying to be quiet because I'm like, <laughs> I just, but what you just said right there, we got to run that all the way back. You said, I'm committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, you said, I'm, yeah. I'm committed to living my life in flow, but I don't care how I get there. Can yeah, I, I'm committed I, to the vision because the vision. I'm very clear. When I get those downloads that I think many of us do, I think what happens is a lot of us immediately go into what we don't have, what we can't do, why that's not for us, well, why so-and-so is better than us and all this stuff. And I'm just like, all right, if that's what it is, even if it wasn't on my radar, you know, you asked me about what my theme was for this year, what I'm, obedience. Mm -hmm. My word for this year has been obedience. And there have been several instances already where I can already look back and go, wow, if I wouldn't have done that, <laughs> if I didn't just like listen, cause you know what, I don't know about you. I think we may have talked about this before, but your girl had obedience issues. Cause mm-hmm. I like to bargain and negotiate with God. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I would get a little word in my spirit and I'd be like, but you don't mean right now. <laughs> You don't mean today, like you mean at some point in the future when I get it together, when the calendar clears. And this year it's been when God says, move, I move. And I ask questions later. Yeah. There's so many things that you said that were so powerful. I was writing. I'm going to already, I already know I'm going to have to listen back to this episode to really do (laughs) show notes because this has been the bomb, but there's like three things that I want to pull on because they were so good. And when you were talking about the fact that there were, you couldn't help anybody in that moment because of the only thing you needed to do was to stay put so you could bring your daughter into the world. And I just think about the, the prophetic nature of a flight attendant, right? And how we get on that plane and we listen to the directions and we don't pay any attention, but they say, listen, if this cabin should lose pressure, this oxygen mask is going to drop and you need to secure your mask before you helping anybody on the journey with you. Mm-hmm. And so that is surrender. Like just, I'm, I'm just trying to get what I need to secure my mask because mm-hmm. God already equipped me with whatever it is he needs for me to do. But if I'm not, equi- if I'm not walking in that equipped place, mm-hmm. I can't be anything for anybody else. So that was so, so good. And then this last thing you just said, committed to the vision, but and this is, these are the Darnell words of what I heard Patrice say, but I don't care how it happens. Yeah. I mean, I think that gives you the freedom and flexibility to just make sloppy progress, yes. right? I am so, I'm like, if God gave it to me, the provision is already there. I'm not going to concern myself with, was it X amount of words? This is what I see in my business with my clients. And I'm constantly like, if you don't make sloppy progress, if you don't give God something to bless mm-hmm. and stay in motion, because at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to create momentum is you doing, yeah. not you talking, not you hypothesizing, not you planning to make the plan, to review the plan, to, to like, right. listen, move, right? right? And my thing has always been like, you know, I'm going to do all that I can do and then stand. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do what I know to do. Yeah. That makes the difference. People who are like, I got to know it all first. Mm-mm. Listen, if I knew who I would become and what it would take to get here, I probably would not have started. Mm-hmm. Like if I knew the things that would come up on this journey, if I knew the betrayals that would take place, if I knew the backstabbing mm-hmm. that could take place, if I knew, 
the sleepless nights that might take place. If I knew, like, if I knew, if someone was like, hey, you can get here in 10 years, but let me tell you, um, you know, on month two, you're going to have this, and then yeah, month nine, you know, this is going to go. If I knew all of that, I would never start. It's not my job to try to be on the lookout for every little thing. My job is just to go. Because that's not faith. There is no faith in having all of the answers and being on the lookout. Like, and God works through faith. I tell people all the time, like, faith is the currency of God. You want to please him, give him faith. That's how you get his attention. That's how he shows up for you. But we, if we had to know all the answers, I'm with you. Like, I so would have stayed in corporate America. <laughs> if I'd have known bankruptcy was coming. <laughs> if I, me too. Listen, listen here. If I'd known I would have had to almost live in my car, listen, I had a good job. Like, why would I have walked away thinking that I could go out here and walk on water? I'd have been like, I wouldn't even have been Peter. I wouldn't have said if, if you are, if it's you, Lord, forbid me or give me an outcome. I'd have been like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Never mind, right? But that's what a lot of people want. They want this false sense of assurance yeah. that all things will go perfectly according to plan. Mm -mm. Yeah. I create a loose framework. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, God, work. I just literally this past weekend, I had this board that was full of all the things, like all the things that 2020 would do, what we were launching, mm -hmm. what products, what programs, what this, what that. And what God put on my heart a couple of weeks ago was so heavy. And, and, and for days, I just was kind of meditating and sitting with it in my prayer closet. And it was just about contentment. Mm -hmm. And Finally, the questions start coming up. Like the questions were just coming up like, what is enough? Mm -hmm. Why do you need that? Why do you want that? What is the number that's going to make you happy? Mm -hmm. What is the number that's going to allow you to pay the house off, continue to take care of your mom effortlessly, um, you know, send Reagan to college debt free, <laughs> like do these things. Like what's the number? Mm -hmm. And I realized how when we're such in an achievement-driven society, we, we will move. I'll speak for myself. I kept moving the target, mm -hmm. right? So I hit the goal, and then it's like, but I could do twice that. I could do three <laughs> times that. You know, so-and-so's got a launch, told me. And not from a place of comparison. I thought it was inspiration. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, my friend, she did X, Y, Z. Yeah, why? Like, And I finally felt like I was like, what like what's gonna ever be enough for you because i've already gone over and above to provide <laughs> like so tell me what that is and i and i just start praying for contentment and so anyway i got a download the other day and i erased everything off that board mm -hmm. i erased everything off that board and i probably cut what would have been my workload for the last six months of this year in half Wow. And I'm so at peace with it. And I feel so good. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, whatever you do with that. But what I know about obedience is that blessings are tied to obedience. Honey. So I'm also like, I already know, dude about to blow my mind. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, I even, the only goal I set in 2020 was a tithing goal. I set a quarter of a million dollar tithe goal. Mm -hmm. That's it. I love it. That was the, I, I didn't know how it was going to happen, what we were going to do. Like, because I, I have been in this space of run, 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 run. And what I love about what's going on right now is that we're on, um, it's like God has given us a divine time out. Like he's like, <laughs> that's why I had to get to, go into a huddle. But that's why I had to like that, that contentment mm -hmm. question just kept coming up because I didn't feel like I had time out. Mm. I felt like we were still running. Mm -hmm. And then people, like I would see in social media where people are like, you know, with all this free time. And I'm like, God, where is my free time? Mm -hmm. How come I don't feel like, I mean, I'm not speaking, right? So that's my normal get up and go always on the road thing. So I'm not speaking, but why do I not feel like I have all this free time? Yeah. He said, cause you filled it in. Mm -hmm. I gave you margin. And then you mucked it up by trying to put all kind of stuff in there. I didn't ask you to do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask you to fill in the blank. The blanks are okay. The blanks are my blessing. 
Mm-hmm. Like the, mm-hmm. you good in the blank. I don't need you to fill in every single day, every single line, you know, on the calendar. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so we think obedience is about when to be productive. And there's a big piece of obedience about when to be still. Mm-hmm. No. And that's what I needed to get. And girl, when I tell you board erased, it mm-hmm. that board's so clean. My <laughs> sister came in, she was like, did you finish the plan? <laughs> I'm like, that's the plan. That's the all plan it is. There's no plan. Right. <laughs> I love it. And, and you know, when you talk about giving guys something to bless, which we've talked about this before, I, that's my, been my, I've said that, for, I don't know. I think the first time I can ever remember saying it, who knows how old I was, but we got to give God something to bless. Right. And, and obedience with faith. God is living for that all day long and twice on Sunday. Like <laughs> it changes everything when you just get in that space of settle. And I'm encouraged by that because I, you know, I, I struggle with obedience. I mean, I don't know who, who might not, but I okay. love that what you just said, the contentment, like just getting away from the how. And I tell myself constantly, the how is God's job, but then I still find myself trying to figure out the how. <laughs> or telling God what I think the house should be, right? Like, okay, God, so, right, so he's uh, doing a little estimating today. <laughs> and I think that uh, the way we're going to get this thing done is, and he'd be like, yo, you know, my God is, he, he speaks Ebonics. <laughs> oh, chill. Like, I got yeah. this. You know what I mean? And it's just like, but that, the, the place of surrender and the commitment to obedience, it allows you to breathe, you know, and sleep. Yes. Lots of sleep, like unconditional turning over five times over the course of the night sleep. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it just changes everything. So for the people who are listening that are like, yeah, obedience. That sounds good. Yeah, even surrender. That I mean, that sounds theoretically. It sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. But you don't know my life. You don't know my everything that I got. How does one get the courage and the confidence to relent? Like how how do we even start? Where do we start? Can you share yeah, that maybe? I'm, sure. From my perspective, everything begins with a decision. Mm. So when I made the decision to be obedient, then I made the decision to stop questioning and wrestling back and forth. So it didn't, it wasn't like a, well, I'm going to be obedient on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or, you know, there was no fine line of when I would be obedient. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. So even when something comes up for me, right, I could choose to ignore it Mm -hmm. or I can choose to be obedient because that's what I said I was committed to, yeah. right? What would my life look like if I stopped playing with God? Mm. That's what I asked myself. What would my life look like? And so now when things come up, that's one of the questions I have to stop and ask because I'm human. So there's resistance, especially when I'm like, but that, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Because it's not something that I know how to do in my own strength and power mm-hmm. all the time. Sometimes the thing that we're called to do is not necessarily related to things we've done before. Right. Right. And so one making the choice to be obedient or the choice to surrender, like you have to choose first and then commit to your choice. Um, another thing for me has been when I look back over my life, like my granny used to say, used to sing this song, Mm -hmm. right. When I look back over my life and I think of the times, the many, many times that I did something not because I understood what I was doing or why I was doing it, but because I truly felt led. Mm-hmm. God has never, ever, ever, ever failed me. Never, never, ever failed me. And so sometimes when, when maybe I'm really struggling with the choice to obey or surrender, um, I'm like, but do they fail me before? So, yeah. you know, I'm gonna have to borrow that 2006 faith. I'm going to have to borrow, you know, whatever faith I mustered up in 2012. Maybe that's what I have to do. Yeah. And today I was, uh, I had a dream interpreted this morning. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a crazy dream. But when I broke it down, it said that someone would try to uh, character uh, assassinate me, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then I ended up reading in Psalms 
because my thought was, well, if that happens, God, how you want me to respond? Because I'm not immune to the fact that it can happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I do know who I am and whose I am. I know, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not really going to get caught up in that. But how would I respond? Girl, don't you know the word took me straight to Psalm 38? And it talks about, it, like, it literally talked about, you know, not responding. Right. Like, my enemies will create these narratives and all this and not to respond. And, you know, I felt the flesh in me like, uh-uh, if somebody do say something, I'm going to hit an IGTV and I'm going to have to clap back. And I was like, no, obedience. Yeah. That, that scripture was shown to me so that I knew, so that I know how to handle it, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't care what happens, what may come. I already have my marching orders. Yeah. To be deaf and mute. I'm not saying I'm not going to. So whoever tries to start it with me, you're going to be beefing with yourself, right? Or beefing with God. And the or Bible beefing says, with God. touch not my anointed. <laughs> Do my prophet no harm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That but, is I, so but, but it's a choice, right? Yeah. So because my, my, I'm aware that I have the right to choose. Mm-hmm. I have free will. Now I can choose to not do it. Okay. But that curse of disobedience, which follows immediately after (laughs) those verses on the blessing of obedience, right? The curse of disobedience, those scriptures so long. I mean, the blessing of obedience is like 14 scriptures. (laughs) The rest of that chapter is really, really long. And it's all about disobedience. I have a choice. If I want to remain in alignment, with the blessings that I know come with obedience. And I just want God to be pleased with me as his servant, because I did, as I was instructed to do, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get out of alignment for a fool. Mm-mm. I'm not going to get out of alignment for some distraction. I'm not going to get out of alignment for a troll. I'm not going to miss my blessing or play my blessing to the left because I just had to say something, even if that would be defending my character, right. my reputation and my character speak for itself. That's right. I don't, I don't have to go around defending it. Mm-mm. Right. So, but that's a choice. It is a choice. Like I say all the time, one monkey does not stop the show. Ever. And, but we, if we are not in alignment, if we are not, if we have not made a choice and we are not committed to obedience, we will let that monkey throw our whole, throw a monkey wrench in our whole agenda and get all types of jacked up, feeling some kind of way in our feelings, out of alignment, frustrated, jealous, revenge, all of that nasty stuff that will take us so far off the path that God had already just nicely laid out for us. All for what? Oh, for what? To do what? Right. To do what? And that goes back to that contentment piece I was talking about and the questions that just kept coming up. I was writing in my journal, you know, some of that was like, and buy that house for who? And yeah. and move again for what? Mm-hmm. And do this for what? Right. All those things were like, for what? For who? For how? For why? Like, <laughs> why is any of that necessary? How does that how does any of that, not that God doesn't want us to, you know, have these things or whatever. I don't, you know, but so much of the race that I see that, that pedal, it's not about the goal of how much I tithe. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so that people know I made it. Right. It's so people know that I'm on. It's so everybody, right. But Gerald and I went to my husband and I, we were talking about this one day and I was like, I wish I would buy house after house. I don't invite anyone to my house, Danielle. <laughs> Who is it for? <laughs> You're never going to see more than like a brief shot of us playing in the house or something. But like, I don't, I don't floss my house. I don't floss my cars on social media. Like I, that's just not me. Right. Yeah. So to do anything to who, for what, for what, like what? And that sometimes is that piece that we have to check back in with. It's like, why are you, why is this your goal? Yeah. Why was that the plan? Oh my gosh. That's so good. On so many different levels. I'm thinking about in my own journey. I remember before I crossed the seven figure mark, everything was about crossing the seven figure mark. Once I crossed the seven figure mark, it was like, I need everybody to know that I made it to the seven figure mark. But then once the prophet Biggie who said more money, more problems <laughs> showed up in my life. I was like, I did all of this to get here and it's still 
isn't good. And I had to, I had to change my whole process. Like I have put my cars and my house on social media. Mm -hmm. And you know what? In, it, interestingly, the reason I did it wasn't because I cared. It was because other people and God was like, listen, listen, you are influence and impact. You are an example of what knowing me, loving me, living for me looks like. And there are people out there who need the hope to see what is possible if they would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So even when I have done it the few times, you know, I'm like, look, I'm not doing this to floss. I'm doing this mm -hmm. out of obedience because I was told that now's the time for me to share that this is the thing that I've accomplished mm -hmm. because of the walk. But don't, don't get excited about that, the outcome. Get excited about the process. Well, that, well, people don't want to get excited about but, the process. But that's, you know what I mean? But that's what they need to do, right? Like they need to get excited about the process and not what's waiting for you when it's done because the, the process and the refinement of me, you know, getting into this connection and alignment with God that he speaks to me constantly throughout the day, that he uses me in the way that he uses me, that I don't have a care in the world about money. Mm hmm I could care less. Like, I mean, I would have never, I had never put it in these words, but I wrote it down because I'm like, that is so, that is so it. I'm committed to the vision, but I don't, I don't really care about any of that stuff because it, the, the fact of the matter is, is having a lot, having excess of something is only good if it has a purpose. Just to right. have it for the sake of having it, like, what was the point of it? You, you know what, though? I can hear a listener saying, it's so easy for you to you too to sit and have this conversation because you both have made millions. Yeah. And so now it's easy to say, well, I don't even care about the money. <laughs> um, the truth is though, chase purpose, not money, which is my mantra over at redefining wealth. I did not articulate it that way many years ago, but I remember when everything hit the fan and our home foreclosed, we ended up selling everything we could on Craigslist moving in the middle of the night or fleeing um, from California to Louisiana, ending up in this teeny tiny 600 square foot apartment mm. and feeling God tell me that I was supposed to help people with personal finance. And I was like, ah, you see, we broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we broke, right? And I kept trying to go to LinkedIn and look for jobs and you know, uh, look for jobs in the city in New Orleans where we lived and nothing ever panned out. When I tell you, never, couldn't get a job to save my life mm -hmm. for the degree, the honors, graduating, running a multi-million dollar business, all this stuff, nothing um, ever panned out. And when I got to Atlanta and I was sleeping on my brother's couch, I was actually offered a job and Lord knows we needed the money. Mm -hmm. But that that conviction that that's just not what I was put here to do. Mm -hmm. I had the nerve to tell the people they were giving me the job. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> and in full transparency, it was with Steve Harvey. Mm. Oh, who wow. I later, I later went back and ended up being the money maven of the Steve Harvey show mm -hmm. for four years. But years before that, he offered me a job, his, wow. his manager. And I said, I, I can't do it. And they, I've known Steve since I was 19 years old. So he's like, aren't you broke? <laughs> he didn't even say it in those nice words, right, but right, that was right, the right. sentiment. Right. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, so <laughs> like, how, like, how are you not just taking the job? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't feel like that's what I'm called to do. Mm. My husband was working at Taco Bell at the time wow. to make sure that we had health insurance. We shared one car and I would drive him drop him off at Taco Bell about 30 something miles away from our house, drop our daughter off at the only sitter that we knew. It's a grandma from California who grew up, you know, I knew from my neighborhood only to come back near the apartment that we finally moved into after living on my brother's couch for months to do like a little side gig thing. And that was my life every day. And I went in there and said no to what was like a 40, $50,000 a year job. And I was on food stamps, mm -hmm. you know, um, like all the things. Yeah. And so when people say, well, it's easy for you to say, I just want to make sure that we're clear. This, it, this didn't start when I start making money. Right. The, the choice, again, I made a choice. I will chase purpose, not money. Mm -hmm. Because I understand that money does not fulfill you. 
the work that I do day in and day out, the impact that I have on people, the influence, um, really the influence I have to move people into a closer relationship with God, even yeah. though they think they're coming for personal finance. Yeah. That's the real gag. Come on, come on, right? Let's <laughs> just put it out there. It's, it's amazing yeah. how you get to be these spies, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's the fulfillment. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I wake up for. So when I say live your life's purpose and find fulfillment, earn more without chasing money, mm-hmm. the more I've leaned into the first two, living my life's purpose, being obedient to what God has called me to do, mm-hmm. finding fulfillment in the people I help, not the stuff I buy, Yeah. the more money I've made Come that on. I don't really, you know, it's, I'm, I'm with it. But I realized this ain't about a bigger house. This is not about a, yet another car. Yeah. Um, I take nice vacations, but I'm, you know, I interviewed someone today. He said he took a year long sabbatical. Well, your girl's not there yet. The Lord has <laughs> not neither. released me um, to be able to just check out for a year. Although I, I think it's awesome, It is, you awesome. know, but it's for, it's for what I'm able to give and just how I'm able to serve. And I think that's why, you know, that's why I'm so committed to people just understanding that they don't have to chase money. It yeah. doesn't have to be this stress and struggle and strife to keep forcing what you feel yeah. like it should be, as opposed to you leaning in to what's already calling you. Yeah. And the call is the call. Like when people right. keep asking you for things or keep, you know, pulling out this stuff, just stuff out of you. You know, I've said things on interviews or I don't even know where it came from. Right. I'm like, this got to be God. Cause I don't, <laughs> gotta be, gotta I've be. never had a, this thought in my life. Right. right. Like, where is this coming from? But I'm in alignment with the call. That's right. So it comes effortlessly. That's it's right. not, I'm not watching other people's stuff, trying to copy their thoughts. Right. Yeah. If you're a thought leader, then you need to have some thoughts of your own you don't have your own thoughts like i always say when you when god gives you something it won't need batteries oh yes you don't need no batteries you don't need to be wound up and charged up just just flow just be just be but and i love i've always loved you know chase purpose not money because if you chase money you're not going to catch it anyway oh my gosh chasing after wind yes like it's never enough that, I mean, that's where the, the robbing the Peter to pay Paul. As soon as I get paid, I'm, I'm, it's already spent. Or it's because you're chase because you shouldn't chase. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to chase, you need to chase purpose, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that people get it eventually. Like, I know it's, it's hard. It took me years to be to that point, right? To understand what it is that you and I get to do and get to experience every single day. Like I said, when I was on your podcast, I said, I spend more time with God than I spend marketing every day. Oh yeah. Every day. And so the little bit of marketing I do, it makes a difference. (laughs) It's anointed. Well, you know, so funny, even as a coach, sometimes I find it difficult to explain that I don't have all the gimmicks and tricks Mm -hmm. that I think people think is going on. Right. They're like, but how did you? And I was like, well, I prayed and then I turned the mic on or I turned the camera on. Like sometimes it's very hard for people to understand that because I spend so much time in that prayer closet, Mm-hmm. because we were talking about this before we got on. I spend a lot of time in silence. Mm-hmm. I don't talk all day. I'm the, like, when I look at the phone bill between my husband and I, I'm like, who have you been talking to? Like, <laughs> why is your, right? Because I'm not texting all day. I'm not talking all day. I'm literally in conversation with God all the time. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be like so deep or whatever, but it is like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with me and I'm okay with just me and God in silence. And so much comes out of that. So when I do get that nudge, that urge that I need to record a video or that I need to come in, come downstairs and create a podcast, it is literally just a flow. Yeah. It's just a flow. I don't, it's not a big script. It's not all this stuff. Maybe I'll write a few points down because, you know, girl getting older. So, you know, sometimes, (laughs) Right. right. But it's not all this stuff. So when people, yes, there are systems and ways and yes, copyright, I believe in copy and all, but my copy is even pretty much divine, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. it just comes through. So I don't have all of these things. I'm like, 
God is your your best business partner. Listen, like, listen to like, me. like literally, <laughs> like literally. I was just having this conversation with Doreen, our mutual one of our mutual friends, the other day. We were watching um, somebody do something, and all of the things that they were doing, they were teaching, and all of the things that they were teaching to do, I have always done innately. And it was like, I never, I never went to a class. Like people ask me all the time, did you go and get any training on speaking or telling your story and da, 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 da. And, and I'm like, no, I just knew to do that. Like it was just, I pray before I take a stage. Sometimes I, well, nowadays I pray at the start of getting on the stage in front of everybody, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm prayed up. I, my vessel was clear. I'm in alignment. I'm hearing God. And I am so detached from my agenda and so focused on his that I just flow. Like I don't write scripts. I don't, I can't, I won't because then God can't move if I have to say this and I have to say that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just did a speaker training actually. And the entire method that I taught at command the stage was, was divine. Mm -hmm. It's what I did innately, but I finally just buckled down and said, let me reflect on what this is. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that it was such a struggle for so many people mm-hmm. who are very clear. Okay. God called me to do this, but they don't know how to present that. Right. Or they didn't know how to like really put it out there in a way that was more compelling and captivating and magnetic and memorable. So I was like, God, take me back and help me yeah. break it down. And girl, I tell you, the women in the program, the way they were like, I would have never, but isn't that, that's the thing too. It's even in the things that we kind of take for granted. Like that is a thing that people want. Yeah. And that was the pen and paper, kind of catch every little nugget and you're just, yeah. Yeah. But that was a part of my divine download. That was the obedient part because doing that, I never thought about training speakers. I've never seen myself as like a speaker trainer. Never, never been interested, never thought about it, never researched it, nothing. That was a divine download getting out of my shower one day. Mm. And I heard the Lord, this was at the end of January, beginning of February, clearly say, train, train the next generation, mm. train transformational speakers, not motivational yeah. speakers, not trainers, transformational speakers. And before I could be like, huh, I was like, oh, let me just, right. <laughs> let me grab my phone with this towel around me and just take notes on what I was hearing. And then I mentioned it like on an Insta story and probably had 60 people DM me and say that was for me. Wow. I mentioned it. I didn't say I have a date, a place, a time. I did not have the framework. I had none of it. Mm-hmm. More of it became like was revealed throughout, right? Mm-hmm. I taught it this past April, it was supposed to be a live event, end up going virtual. During y'all, it was the best training I think I've ever done in my life. Of course it was. Yeah. The best. It was un, like nothing else I've done could be matched to that in terms of actually training other people. Yeah. That was not on that board on January 1st. That was not in my plan. It was not in my vision. But once I made the choice to be obedient this year, mm-hmm here, like, here we go. Yeah. And when everything hit with COVID and things were getting like knocked down left and right. And I made the decision to go virtual. Some people said, I'll hold off and I'll do it later in the year. Hopefully we'll be able to go live. But the number of people who were like, I want to do it virtual. I'll do it virtually. Like, let's get it. And then how those women end up moving into other programs and doing all this stuff. It's like God created an entirely different stream that was not on my radar. I could not have thought of it myself. So all of those things, you know, everything we've talked about, like surrendering, like I've learned to surrender to the, any idea I have of perfection. Cause when you grow up being like, you know, achievement oriented and you know, my story, mm-hmm. you know, growing up feeling ugly and all this stuff. So achievement was my, my drug of choice, if you will. Yeah. So perfection came with that trying to perfect any and everything I could girl when I tell you the the release of that the sloppy progress the being content like the obedience how all of it came together to create just something so beautiful in the midst of such an uncertain and chaotic time and I'm like that's what's up God you 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 show out (laughs) 
eat, God has already thought it all the way out. And if we would just lift our hands and just say, yes, God, two words, that's it. And just continue to follow the leading because there will be the leading of exactly what to do with that yes. But it's a resounding yes. It's a definitive yes. It's a clear and unequivocal yes. Yeah. And then waiting, waiting long enough to hear because he will speak. I did this exercise at my retreat in January where I had them, I'm teaching them how to hear the voice of God. I have a, a prophetic exhortation is a part of working with me in my mastermind. And so I'm trying to teach them to hear because they don't think they can hear God. And I'm like, no, you can hear him. So I had them ask a question and I was like, sit until you get the answer. And every single one of them was like, oh my gosh, I can't uh, hear God. Like he's always speaking. We're well, yeah, he's in us. Yes. <laughs> like, I think that's the thing that we forget too. So when people are like, but did you hear audibly a man's voice? No, I heard my voice. Like, right. because God is already in me yes. and I'm already created in his image. Yes, and right. so well, this thing about us, you know, I know a lot of people who are afraid to be still. Yeah. Like they just can't sit still. They can't be silent. There always has to be the TV on in the background or something right. humming or something creating some, and I'm like, wow, what comes to me in that stillness? Oh, I think of how many things I would have missed if I always had to have the radio on, if yes. I always had to have something on, something going. Like yes. I love my podcasts. I love, you know, sermons. I love all the things that I have access to digitally, but I cannot be consumed with that all day because I'm not trying to miss God. I hear ideas that I think, you know, sometimes you hear something at the perfect time and you're like, oh, okay, I see what that was. Right. But a lot of this is being silent. And for, for people who speak <laughs> or use the mic or, or, you know, people have this perception of like you always being on invisible or on it. And I'm like, I'm the exact opposite of that. I'm always still and quiet because yeah. I know that when God speaks, you know, I want to be, I want to be ready to hear it. I want to be in position to hear it and to act. Yeah. That's so good. I don't want our time to end. I don't want you to leave me for trying. It's, it's like, it's, it feels like seven minutes have gone by. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. This has been so awesome and so amazing. So I do, before I let you go, I have my little three questions mm -hmm. that I have to ask you. Um, the first, well, I'll tell you what they are. Oh no, maybe I should do it Patrice Washington style where I'm just like, you tell me the first thing that pops into your mind. <laughs> so the first question is, what is your favorite quote? Forgiveness is giving up the possibility of a better past. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. What's the last book you read? Oh, the last book I read. Okay, this is hard because I read multiple books at once. But I think the one I actually completed was, again, How to Be Rich by Andy Stanley. Mm -hmm. I love it's, it. It's on my nice hand. Yeah, yeah. Just that reminder mm -hmm. about, again, you don't have to keep moving the target. You and already made it. I think it is, right. Rich is not, not what you... Yeah. 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 If you want to have a complete shift in mindset around wealth and giving mm -hmm. in particular, really great book and it's an easy read. Yeah, it is. I love it. And then the last question is, what is the one tool that you swear by to grow your business? Oh my gosh. Well, right now I'm going to have to say Airtable. Of, <laughs> like Airtable is how I plan the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have been using it just to clean up everything and just have one central place to run all things. And just, you know, clutter, I really do believe creates chaos in so many other places. Mm -hmm. And I know in the business, after you've done thousands of interviews and all of this prep and all this stuff and all these Dropbox folders and this and that, mm -hmm. I was like, based on who my assistant is at the time, the naming conventions got crazy. Right. Yeah. I'm like the digital clutter in my life was absurd. And Airtable has really just helped us like get it together. Awesome. So that's my thing right now. 
Awesome. This was awesome. This is phenomenal. We will put how everybody can get in touch with you in the show notes. You guys, if you are not already listening to Redefining Wealth with Patrice Washington, it is going to be a, become a mainstay, a favorite. Listen, listen to me. Now you listen to my podcast first, okay? <laughs> then you go listen to Patrice's. Now come listen to Darnell's episode. It was oh, so juicy. It was. Yeah. I mean, her podcast every week I'm tuning in. Even, um, oh, I can't think of the lady that you had that just talked about being a parent. Oh, America's Super Nanny, Dr. Yes. Deborah Tillman. Yes. Every, and I was like, I don't know if this one is for me, but you know what? It's Patrice. I'm going to listen anyway. And I was blessed. Bless my socks off. Like just everybody. I think part of it is because you are such a fully present interviewer. So I think that's part of it. And you really do curate amazing guests that live into your pillars, which I think is an important part of it as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely, it's definitely, you know, started as like love. Like it's a, it's a labor of love. Mm -hmm. And I've always just wanted the audience to feel that it wasn't something just thrown together every Thursday because I needed, you know, to say I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's no, I want to have thoughtful conversations that are actually going to help people live out these pillars for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. That, that means a lot to me because I value, um, you know, I just value who you are and how you show up and how you serve in the world. And so that means a lot. Awesome. Okay. We have to end this people. I want to thank you again for being here. You, you bless my spirit. I know that you guys have been blessed as well. I know you will come back to this episode and listen to it over and over and over and I'll be right along with you. Okay. So how are you feeling? I mean, I, I know it was as good for you as it has been for me every single time I've listened back to this conversation. I hope I, now you feel like you could fly, that you've gained so much knowledge and understanding, leveraging your incredible factor through listening to Patrice's example of her story. I mean, she broke her story all the way down from the top of the mountain, all the way down to the valley and back and how her commitment to focus on obedience over everything has set her on a trajectory to never chase money, but instead to chase purpose and to leverage that purpose in order to not only impact the lives of millions around the world, but to experience everything that God already preordained for her to experience before she was formed in her mother's womb. There are so many juicy nuggets that I could pull away, but the question I keep finding myself coming back to, I mean, we recorded this interview a couple of months ago, just so that you know. And that question she asked, what would my life look like if I stopped playing with God? Can I just tell you? I find myself writing that in my journal on a consistent basis. Whenever I feel like I'm playing small, whenever I feel like I'm out of alignment, whenever I feel like I'm being disobedient, whenever I'm feeling like I'm trying to push my agenda instead of focusing on God's agenda, I ask myself, what would my life look like if I stopped playing with God? And so I want you to ask yourself, that very same question. Grab a clean sheet of paper in your journal and write that question down and then sit until the answer comes to you. Because what I know for sure is that not only will God speak, he will give you such an amazing vision of what he's already seen for you. I love Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you and he approved you and he called you prophet. And a prophet is just quite simply someone who's been given a message to share with the nations. And you, incredible one, have been given a powerful message to share with the nations. And the moment that you decide to come into alignment in obedience, it is the same as surrendering your will to God's and allowing God to show up and show out in your life. And what I know that is waiting for you is the most amazing freedom, flow, and abundance you could ever imagine. There was one other nugget that touched my heart and my soul that Patrice shared, and it was her quote at the end. And just in case you missed it, forgiveness is giving up the possibility of a better past. Oh, that was so juicy good. It is my prayer, it is my hope that right now you are feeling inspired, you are in awe of God, and more than anything, you are moving closer and closer to him as you realize that obedience is the new surrender.
I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.